Amen. Right there where you're seated, before we go to God's word, I'd like to ask you just to raise your hands one more time. We're going to pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, I said it. It's been in my heart all week. Your word is the most beautifully written thing I've ever read. Your word is living and powerful. Your word is mighty and is stronger than any two-edged sword. God, I thank you. I thank you for your word. And as we look at your word today, as we study it and as I preach it, I thank you for anointing the words that come out of my mouth and letting them not fall on any deaf ears but on open ears. Let each one of us, Lord, hear from you today. Speak to us. We are open and we ask you to speak. We ask your word to come alive in our hearts. And we thank you for what you're doing in our church and in the lives of those that are in this room and watching online. God, we bless you this morning. We thank you and we ask you all of this in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. I want to start in the book of Psalms. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures there. But uh, I want to kind of set up my topic today because as you can see from our screens, we have been in a season called Supernatural. And we're wrapping that up. Uh, this is the uh, last couple of services that we're going to do. Uh, next Sunday is Day of Thanks. And we're going to do just like it implies. We're going to take communion and worship and thank God. And uh, I'll have, a, of course, a message along those lines next Sunday. And then we get into the Christmas season. But this has been a wonderful, man, this has been a wonderful season for us. Everybody say this. Say, it's a season, not a series. Around here, we do seasons. We don't do series. We do seasons. It, 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 it helps us. It helps us kind of flow in the way that we believe God's called us, and con- called us to conduct our services. And um, it, it, it's really changed how I've seen a couple things. Me personally, my family. We, I spent three weeks in total talking about supernatural joy. If you go back and you look at weeks uh, four, five, and six, you can see those messages. You can go on our YouTube channel podcast and, and, and listen or watch those, they'll bless you. Supernatural joy. There are supernatural things that we should expect in our lives. You know, um, around this time of year, I start expecting the weather to change. Who likes cold weather? You can raise your hands. I, I'm curious to see. Who likes cold weather? All right. So, okay. I see, I see a couple people doing this. You're like, eh. You know, it depends on the day, Pastor. It depends on the day. I mean, some days I like cold weather. Some days... You know, I know Miss Ashley loves Christmas. I mean, she starts posting about Christmas in like October. She's like, let's go Christmas. I need it. I need it. You know, so some of us like cold weather. All right. Who likes, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to see more hands. Who likes warm weather, hot weather? Okay. Yeah. Well, you live in Columbia, South Carolina. So I hope that's the case. Um, I, I, I definitely like uh, fall. I love fall weather, but I'd rather be cold than hot. That's just me personally. I'd rather be cold than hot. If I could have the two, I'd rather be cold than hot. And around this time of year, you know, this week they're saying that the cold is coming and that it's staying. Well, I'm expecting that. Not because the weatherman said so. Not because the um, uh, forecast calls for it. It's an expectation that I have because of the time of year. Anybody else with me? There's an expectation you have this time of year for for. Uh, the weather to change. You expect it to be colder. You expect it to be colder. You know, when I work, I expect a paycheck. Does anybody work for free in here? Raise your hand. Because I'll hire you at the church. You've got a job. Nobody works for free. 
if you, if you go apply for a job, what happens after that application? You get an interview. They sit down, and if the interview goes well, maybe there's a second interview or whatever the process is. Then there's a discussion about what agreement are we going to have concerning your compensation. You'll get compensated for working. You work X amount of hours, and as a result of those X amount of hours, then what happens? Paycheck comes. Maybe it's weekly. Maybe it's 1st and 15th whatever it may be, but you expect a paycheck. You know, there are certain things um, that I expect my kids to do. I expect them to be kids. I expect them to be kids. I expect them to do kid things. You know, sometimes I get frustrated as a parent, but in reality, I, I, I have an expectation they're going to do kid things. I also expect them to learn. I expect them to grow. I expect them to come home from school and tell me what they learned. I expect them to come home from church and tell me what they learned. I don't expect Kaylee, who's my uh, five-year-old, she'll be six in December, into, into right before New Year's. I don't expect her this time next year to, to still have the, the knowledge that she has about Jesus. I expect it to grow. She's getting to an age now, uh, and she's starting to ask questions. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to, to pray that prayer with her and have her accept Jesus as her Lord and Savior any minute. I mean, the questions are coming, the expectation, and, you know, and I can just see the light bulbs coming on. And if you've had kids, you know there's that certain moment, uh, and the Bible even talks about it, where that, that age of accountability where you actually begin to understand, oh, wait a second, this is real. Well, I expect that, and I, I also expect it for Madison, our four-year-old, and Joshua, our two-and-a-half-year-old. They're going to grow. I expect them to get to that moment where uh, there, there's, a, there's a growth spurt. I expect them, just in the natural, I expect them to get taller, grow, get stronger. Y'all pray for little Josh, man. I need him to grow. You know, and... <laughs> And I'll, I'll, I'll be out with them, you know, wherever. And, of course, everybody wants to comment about how cute he is. And then they'll say, oh, he's so little. And I'm like, you know, that's not what you want to hear as a dad, you know. I want to hear, like, oh, he's so tall. Oh, he's so strong, you know. Like, oh, he's so little. I'm like, yeah. No, thank you. Really appreciate that compliment. The kid loves basketball. I'm like, man, you've got to grow if you're going to play basketball. You've got to be tall. But in all seriousness, whatever his height is, it doesn't really matter. I expect him to grow. He's not going to stay at the height he is now. He will grow. Our kids will grow. And I expect them to grow spiritually. I want to, I want to unpack a couple of scriptures. All right? We're going to look at them. Then I want to show you what God spoke to me this week. I want to show you what God spoke to me this week. And, and I, I said this on Wednesday night. There are sometimes where God speaks things to me that I, I believe are for me. For me as a husband, me as a dad, me as a, 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 a whatever, as a leader, as a boss. Then there are other times where God speaks something and it's clear, I need you to share this. I need you to share this. And I want to share with you today what God spoke to me. It's going to help you. Look, are you in Psalms? Let's look at chapter 119. Psalms chapter 119. And we're going to read the 130th verse. If you have a digital Bible, get ready to scroll. This is a long chapter. Scroll all the way down. Psalm 119, 130 says this, the entrance of your words, everybody say it's his word. Notice that's a capital Y-O-U-R, capital Y, God's word. The entrance of your words gives light. Everybody say light. light. 
It gives understanding to the simple. What gives understanding to the simple? God's word. His words give understanding to the simple. If I want to understand God's word, then I need to look for revelation from it. I need to have an expectation. I I need to expect. I need to open God's word and expect to receive something from it. Say amen. I need to have a, a, I need to settle in my life that I should expect to see God's supernatural uh, manifestation in my life. I should expect it. I should have an expectation. Look at uh, 119.130 in the Amplified. It says this, the entrance and unfolding, the unfolding, the unpacking. You know, when you, when you read God's word, you can do it one of two ways. You can read it like you would read a textbook. You can just begin to just read it. Okay, all right, I read one chapter, read two chapters. I'm trying to read three chapters a day. Okay, I read it. Check. We're doing that with Kaylee right now. We gave her a new chore chart. She has a chore chart. She's expected to do these six things every day. One of them is read a book. Well, she can, she can just read the book. Okay, boop, boop, page, page, page. Okay, done, read it, check. And you can read the Bible that way. Or you can read the Bible with an expectation, God, I'm expecting you to speak to me through your living word. I expect it to unfold before me. You know, not to make all my sermon analogies today about kids, but have you ever read, read those pop-up books? Like the ones where you flip the pages and then there's a little pop-up? Those are really fun to read with your kids because there's a lot of information in one page. There might only be one paragraph, but then you can pop open the little area like we have one about Noah's Ark. And it's great because as you flip through the pages, you can flip open all the animals. Look, there were elephants. Look, there were horses. Look, there were alligators. Oh, look, there were monkeys. And one little, there's an unfolding that happens that is eye-opening for my kids. God's word is no different. If you'll set an expectation when you read God's word, if you'll, listen, if you'll set an expectation when you come to church and hear the word preached, if you'll come in with an expectation, God, speak to me today, I may be talking about foot washing, which I don't think I've ever preached on foot washing, ever. But I'm going to use, I mean, you've been here since the beginning. Have I ever preached on foot washing? I don't think I've ever said the words foot washing in a service. But let's say I'm preaching on that. I believe, this is my whole, I believe this wholeheartedly, that God will speak something to you in any message I preach if you have an expectation for it. If you have an expectation for it, God, I don't know what foot washing has to do with me. But God, I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better mom. I want to be a better spouse. God, I've got this situation at work and I need your help. And sitting in a service like this, reading your Bible on Tuesday morning instead of whatever, praying on Thursday night instead of binge-watching Netflix, God will speak to you. The entrance and unfolding of his words bring light. They give light. Their unfolding gives understanding. Now notice it explains this in the Amplified. What is understanding? It gives discernment and comprehension to the simple. Well, you know, that simple is not an insult. All of us are simple. Even if you, I said this on Wednesday night, even if you are a doctorate, have a doctorate, if you're a doctor, like that kind of, like high level education, 
in, comparison to God, in comparison to God's level of understanding, I'm simple. Does that make sense? So to the simple means that I don't, I don't understand everything God understands, but I can get God's revelation knowledge in my life if I have an expectation for it and I allow his words to unfold in my life. It's revelation. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And we can look in the, uh, in the Amplified. I think in my notes, guys, I said in, uh, New King James. But I'm going to look at the Amplified. Ephesians chapter 1. Now, this is Paul who wrote to the church at Ephesus, okay? And he's saying this. He's saying, listen, uh, I want to, he's basically writing out one of his prayers. And he's saying, I'm praying for you. And so this is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. And again, I'm going to try to read from the Amplified. It says, for I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that he may grant to you a spirit, notice that's a spirit, a a spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation. Now, before I unpack what revelation is, you know, the Bible tells us a lot about the spirit that God gives us. It says this in God's word. It says that I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I want you to declare a few things with me today before we get much further. Can y'all do that with me? Say this. Say, I have power, love, and I have a sound mind. You know, anybody that's in here, I just, I just picked this up. In the spirit, anybody that's in here that has a, 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 an, a, a mind issue, I'm talking about depression, anxiety, uh, 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 um, a lack of, of uh, not just self-control, but a lack of, like, like you're, you're always down on yourself. You're always, you know, man, I'm just not good enough. I, you don't think very high of yourself. The Bible says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. That is actually a spirit of fear. Because you're afraid to allow what God's put in you to come out and the devil's convinced you that you're not good enough to do what God's called you to do. He's convinced you that you're not worth it. He's convinced you you're not good enough. He's convinced you you're a nobody. He's convinced you of whatever it is. And if you allow that spirit, now keep that verse up there because this goes right in line with wisdom and revelation. It's a spirit. I do not have, God has not given me, let me say it that way, God has not given me a spirit of fear. That's why if you ever have those thoughts, you know right offhand that's not from God. That's not from God. I will not think that way. You know, I've had to to look at myself in the mirror sometimes. You are not going to think those thoughts. You talk to yourself like that way? Yep. And I'm not ashamed about it. Because the Bible says in another place, take Every negative thought captive. Paul instructed us to do that. Take it captive. Take take those thoughts captive. Take what doesn't line up with God's word. Take it captive. And that under we, the, the the original Greek there actually means to take it and put it into jail. The same way you would take a thief that came in your house. Has anybody ever had something stolen from them? Man, I have. That's terrible. I mean, a thief come in your house or come in your car. We opened up our car one day on a, a Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning. And as I opened up the car, every uh, glove box was open. 
Think, you know, the uh, glove box was open, the middle console was open, stuff shoveled around. Somebody up in my car. Listen, I know I'm a pastor, but if I had caught that guy, I'm just saying, because I think there's like rules on what you can do in your driveway or whatever, I'd have drug him in the house. says take every thought captive and put it in jail I, I need to take any thought that doesn't line up with the word now how can I do that because I'm a spirit that thought is in my soul it's in my mind it's in my will it's in my emotions that thought is not the spirit that God gave me so I actually have the power in me to say no I'm not going to think that I'm not going to think that. And you actually, the more you understand the word of God, the more you gain what I'm talking about today, a supernatural revelation. Because I don't have time. We could actually be on this topic for the whole year. I don't have time to go under, you know, through every, every supernatural revelation in God's word. So what I want to talk about today is how you, as you study God's word, expect the supernatural as you read it, expect the supernatural as you study it, expect the supernatural as you speak it, and expect the supernatural as you leave it, live it. As you live the word of God in your life, expect supernatural results. Expect supernatural results. And I, I do not have, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Amen? Hey, everybody just say that one more time. Say, I have been given by God a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. You have a sound mind. He has given you a sound mind. All right, ready? He breaks down what revelation is. This is really good. Now, he's praying. Paul's praying this. May grant to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of, what is revelation? Insight into mysteries and secrets. That God may reveal to me mysteries and secrets that I did not have in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. Let's keep going. What does it say after that? By having the eyes of your heart flooded with, there we see the word again we just saw in Psalms. Everybody say light. What is light? Light is, is revelation knowledge. Light is revelation of God's word. Light is illumination. Boof. I see it. If we were to turn every light off in here right now, nobody could. I, listen, I about broke my pinky toe this morning at 5.30 a.m. Anybody ever done that? You stump your toe? Man, I, I'm, I'm telling you, it's even as I walk around right now, my right pinky toe needs healing in the name of Jesus. I, man, I stumped that thing so bad. You know why? All the lights were off. It was 5.30 in the morning. I'm getting up, getting ready for church. Got to go to the bathroom before I get ready. Trying to go to the bathroom, and we had moved something yesterday as we were cleaning the house. Not normally where it was. Couldn't see it. Lights are off. And man, I walked right. If you ever seen me walk, I walk with a purpose. When I get, I, even if it's 5.30 a.m., Pastor JT is walking with a purpose. I'm walking. I'm, I'm hustling, man. I'm walking. I'm taking every full stride I can take. And I strided right into that. I don't know if strided is a word, but I just made it up. I strided right into that, whatever it was, a little basket thing, but, uh, but it was weighed down. Oh, man, that hurt. There's no light. There was no light. He said that light comes as a part of, he's praying, God, let the eyes of their heart 
The King James and New King James say, let the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Let the, let the light of God enter your heart. Did you know you can pray this prayer over you? God, let me see what I wouldn't otherwise see. God, let me, let me, when I study your word, God, speak to me. I mean, if, listen, if you go to read three chapters, like I said, maybe you're reading three chapters a day, but you only get through five verses because God starts speaking to you, that's good. Like, I mean, there has been time that I, I've done that. I've gotten through one chapter and then I get to the second chapter and then all of a sudden I get to a part and I'm like, wait a second, that's good. Now, it's the same, same verse that I may have read a hundred times. Like, there's a verse, um, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. It's Philippians chapter 4. Uh, I know I'm, uh, this is not my notes. Can y'all pull it up? Philippians chapter 4. Listen, you could take a verse like that, and you may be trying to read all of Philippians chapter 4, but if you start unpacking it, God, speak to me through this verse. Well, first of all, right off the bat, it says, my God. Well, that'll, that'll preach right there. Make God personal to you. My God shall supply all my needs. My God shall supply. And actually, this was Paul in Philippians 4 talking to the Philippian church, and he's saying, my God shall supply all your needs. See, you should be focused on other needs, on other people's needs. You know, God, supply all their needs. You know, if you pray for other people, God will, God will take care of you. What you make happen for other people, God will make happen for you. Then you keep going. Man, I, I've, I, when I first read this, because I like Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I'm reading through that. Then I get down to verse 19. I couldn't finish the chapter. I couldn't finish the chapter. According to his riches. Wait a second. So God's got all the riches. So everything I need, he has. And he'll supply it to me. Do you see what I'm saying? You, you know, don't feel bad if you're studying God's word and, and, and you get uh, God's, God illuminates a section of scripture. That's good. Are you still there in Ephesians chapter one? I know I'm jumping around. What does it say? Paul's praying, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understanding the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints who are his set-apart ones. I want to tell you what God told me this week. Ready? I, I, I woke up Tuesday morning, or Wednesday morning, and, uh, you know, the election was Tuesday. Hope, hopefully, we, uh, everyone in this room voted, exercised your right in voting. I woke up, and what did I do? I'm looking for results. I'm looking for results. I'm like, what, what are the results? Where are we at? Who, who, who got elected? And... Um, so I checked it or whatever and kind of saw where things at. Of course, Tuesday morning, there wasn't much uh, to write home about because they were still counting a lot of the ballots. So I get to uh, uh, church that, that morning, Wednesday morning, and I've been making a point to pray every morning. So as I'm praying, I know God used this phraseology because I had been looking for election results. But when I tell it to you, I want you to hear it not just dealing with election results. Because as I was praying, I was praying out things that I'm believing God for. Everybody in this room, you should have things you're believing God for. And as I'm praying this out, God spoke these words to me. Are you ready? Results are on the way. Results are on the way. Everybody say that with me. Say results 
are on the way. Now, couple that with what I started with, expectation. I should expect results. I should expect supernatural results. The, the, the way I live my life, I should go about expecting supernatural in my life. Why? Because God's word's supernatural. Because he's a supernatural God. I should expect supernatural everywhere I go. Res- what kind of results am I talking about? I'm talking about results from prayer. The Bible says it's the fervent, effectual prayers of righteous men, men and women make much power available. When I pray, I should expect results. Uh, respect, uh, expect results from faithfulness. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. I live and walk by faith. The Bible says walk by faith and not by sight. In Hebrews eleven six, 6, what does it say? Now, it says this, listen, Hebrews 11, 1 says now faith is substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then Hebrews eleven six 6 tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. That means I walk by faith. What is faith? Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things I cannot see. The evidence of things I can't, I cannot please God without faith. What is my faith set on? I'm expecting God to show up in my life. I'm expecting God. I'm expecting God to move. I'm expecting God to give me direction. I'm expecting God to speak to me. I have an expectation that God, I need, I need your help. I cannot do this on my own. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. But you have everything I need. And if I put my trust in you, I trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. He shall direct my path. He shall point me in the right direction. He shall lead me to still waters. He'll lead me to greener pastures. Everything God leads me to takes me up and not down. That's an expectation that I have. Why do you seem so mad? I'm not. I'm I'm just amped up. I'm just excited. I'm just, I, I, I can't talk about God's goodness and his word and the light that I have without getting excited about it. I, I literally can't do it. I've had people call me at 11, 12 o'clock at night, need prayer, need something they're going through. And as I begin to pray with them over the phone, speak to them, talk, I just get excited. I'll be up for an hour. Don't call me at midnight. I'll make me stay up all night. I'm just kidding. If y'all need me, call me. But seriously, what, 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 what happens? It's light. It's light. That light comes and illuminates the darkness. You know, if, if, if you don't shed light in an area, it remains dark. In the beginning, there was, there was nothing. And God spoke, and there was light. Hebrews 11 tells us, That it's by faith the whole worlds were formed. By God speaking out. What what, what happened? God spoke and light came. Without God's word, there's darkness. Like, Like utter darkness, like failure darkness. Let me give you another word. Deceiving darkness. You ever you ever had your eyes sort of adjust and you think you can see? I mean, it's really, it's dark, and your eyes have sort of adjusted, and you're like, oh, no, I can see. And then like me this morning, you stub your toe. 
Sometimes the devil will, will have us in a deceiving darkness. That's why I need God's word every day. That, that, that's why, I, I'm, listen, I'm big and I'm unashamedly, unash, is that, unashamedly, I'm unashamed about this that I believe in. I don't know if I say that the right way. I am unashamed about this. I believe it's important that we give God our first, including the first day of the week. Sunday to me is the first day of the week, and I believe that's why you won't catch me not in church. Even on vacation, I'm going to church somewhere. I, I believe in it. And this is not to, to condemn anybody. I know people work crazy schedules. People have certain conditions. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to tell you that I believe there's something about saying, I'm going to give my first to God. And I'm going to expect, you know, and it's not like in a demanding way. I'm not talking about demanding things from God. I'm talking about that God's word said it, so I expect it. If God's word says, I shall supply all your needs, my God shall supply all your needs, why wouldn't I expect it? Just like I go to work and expect a paycheck. Just like when November and December rolls around and I expect cold weather to come. I expect God to do what he said he would do. A need comes up in my life, my expectation goes up. Not down. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to. That's not faith. That's not faith. I'm sorry, it's not. That's doubt. That's, I don't know, I don't, so what you do is you can't live there. You can't stay there. The Bible says we live or we walk by faith. So, you know, maybe you woke up and you said that this morning, like, oh man, he's, he's stepping on my toes. I'm not trying to step on your toes. I'm trying to help you understand you can't live that way. Ask God, God, I, forgive me for doubting you. But from this day forward, I set my expectation. That your word will come to pass in my life. And that if you said X, Y, or Z in your living Bible, that the Bible says is living and powerful, if you said it, I believe it. If you said it, I stand on it. If you said it, that's where I'm going to set my expectation. Come on, somebody. If you believe today and you expect today that God's going to do something in your life, shout out amen. amen. Results are on the way. Say it with me. Say, results are, on the way. results are on the way. Look at this. Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but, what, but they water the earth, and they, make it, uh, and they make it bring forth and bud. In other words, they cause things to grow. That it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall, notice what God says here. This is coming from the prophet Isaiah. So shall my word... B, just like the rain and the snow come down and do their job. Look at how he describes his word. So shall my word be that it goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. You ever voided a check? It's no good. It doesn't work anymore. You try to take it, somebody finds it, they go to cash it, the bank will not receive it. It's voided, it's done, it's worthless. God's saying, my word, it is impossible for my word to return to me void. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. 
and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Man, if you don't get anything else that I said today, get this. Everything that's in God's word is meant to accomplish something in your life. What kind of things? Supernatural things. Like things that I can't do myself. I can get up and, and go about life and, and, and meander through life. I can do that. And I don't mean this in a cocky way. God understands what I'm trying to say right now. I don't need God to do that. Does that make sense? I mean, anybody, I mean, there's unbelievers all over the world that do that every day. Some of them are very successful in life by the world's terms. But if I'm going to live the life God called me to live to the best of my ability, I need this in my life every day. And so when something comes in that's contradictory to that, I need to apply light to the darkness. I I need light. What is light? It's revelation. It's insight into the mysteries. It's unfolding of God's word. It's unpacking things I can't. God, show me what I can't see. Why is this not working? Why is this, is this thing detrimental to my life right now? What, what is happening that I'm not seeing? Because if, if your word says that I should be going up and not down, and this year I went down, obviously you're not a liar, so I must be doing something wrong. And it's not very popular. But that's what, it, God cannot lie. The Bible says he's not a man that he should lie. There's something that I'm doing. Now, we also face, we face three things. Let me clarify. We face three things. We face me. I'm I'm a challenge to myself. I make mistakes. I also face the world. Like the world we live in because Adam and Eve sinned caused chaos. And then I I also fight and all of these things result from the devil. So the world, the flesh, me, and the devil. Those three things. So if you're having challenge in your life, it's coming from one of those areas. But, but I have news for you. I have really, really good news. God, God has given us a, a textbook for profitable living. A handbook for successful life. That when I open it and read it and apply it to those areas, he'll show me exactly what I'm missing. He'll show me exactly what's happening. He'll show me exactly how I let the the devil into my life or whatever it is. You know, if you look at the book of Job, people like to use the book of Job to to justify, oh, I'm having my Job experience. Well, get out of it. What? Why would you say that? Because that's what Job did. You know, most of the book of Job is him and his friends talking about what they think is happening. And at the end of the book, God rebuked the friends and said, you didn't know what you're talking about. Corrected Job, and Job himself said, out of my mouth I spoke things I knew nothing about. So most of the verses that are quoted, you know, like God giveth and God taketh away. That's in the middle of them talking about what they think is happening, and then God rebuked them and said, y'all are, y'all are dumb. The devil brought this. Then what happened? God blessed him double. Most theologians believe it was an 18-month ordeal. And that at the end of it, his life was double what the devil took from him. So that means that whatever I face in my life, that I need the, what, you know, if you look at what happened to Job, he got revelation. He finally understood, I, he says, out of my mouth, I spoke things I feared, and what I feared came upon me. 
What I was afraid of came upon me. He realized what it was. Then he prayed. He asked God to forgive him. He forgave his friends. He did all, read, read the book. It's not that long. And then God said, okay, I've seen you. I hear you. And I'll, I'll give you double what the devil stole from you. You, you know, that's, that's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God we serve. A God that says, even when you make a mistake, I love you enough. Even when the devil attacks you, I love you enough to make sure that your life ends up blessed. That your life ends up increased. That you go higher, you don't go down. You know, another thing that we learn uh, through Romans and Hebrews, that we actually have a, a better covenant based on better promises. You know, Job, the Bible believes, I mean, uh, most theologians believe that Job is the oldest book in the Bible. Now, that is, now Genesis covers the beginning, but that Job was written before or around the same time at a minimum that Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus were written. That means that Job was two covenants ago. Wrap your head around this. That was before he didn't have Jesus, didn't have the Holy Spirit, and did not have the Abrahamic uh, covenant, which we live under. Think about that. And God still blessed him, brought him out of his situation, and blessed him double. You don't think God loves you the same amount? That whatever I'm facing is not too big for God. Whatever challenge I have is not too big for God. Man, I, it doesn't matter what I face. I have an expectation that God is good. I have an expectation that God is for me. I have an expectation that his word is going to come through in my life. I want to give you several scriptures um, before, I, before I end here. Psalm 107. Then they, uh, this is verses 19 and 20. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word. Here we go again. God's word gives light. God's word is sent. He sent his word, and it healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Everybody say this. Say, I'm only one word away from deliverance and provision. You're only one word away. You're only one word away. God, give me a word. Send your word to me. Let me see what I need to see. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. I want to give you one other thought. Ready? I was also praying. Oh, actually, I was meditating. I wasn't really praying. But I was in the middle of, of kind of prayer time, spending time with God. Has anybody ever done this where you start thinking of things and, and uh, you start thinking of, well, if that doesn't work, I'll do this. I had that scenario playing out in my head. I, I didn't even say it out loud, but I had it in my head. And then God speaks to us in our spirit. In my spirit, God spoke to me and said this. I don't have backup plans. Wow. Wow. I don't. I don't have backup plans. If I told you to do it, it'll work. Uh, okay. Not much you can say after that. You know, just, Heavenly Father, I, uh, I thank you. I thank you for... <laughs> Look at this. Look in Deuteronomy. Look at Deuteronomy 30. This is, uh, like I said, this is, this is the uh, covenant that God made with his children, uh, children of Israel. 
Deuteronomy 30, verse 15. See, I have set before you. Now, this is what God's saying. He's saying, I have set before you today life. Everybody say life. And good. And then he's saying that the opposite of that is death and evil. So before you sits two options. And this is what we face today. Before us, we have two options. We have life and good, and we have death and evil. Now, I want to, I before we look at all this, wrap your head around this thought. Ready? If I told you, okay, you can have my car. You can have my car. Um, you, can, you, can, you can use it anywhere you want, but you cannot leave South Carolina. My car has to stay in South Carolina. And so I'll give you my car, I'll give you the keys, I'll tell you the rules. The rules are you have to put gas in it, you have to, you know, keep it up, get the oil changed, and do not leave South Carolina. Well, if you never put gas in it and you never get the oil changed and it breaks down, whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? If you leave South Carolina and the police come and get you and say, this car is stolen and they put you in jail, whose fault is that? I mean, I gave you my car and told you the rules. You're the one that broke the rules, not me. And God's saying here, I've put before you life and good, and you have the option of that, or you have the option of death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments, that you may live and multiply. God is interested in you living. He doesn't want you just to make it by, just to barely be good enough, just to barely suffice in life. You know, I'm just going to, just, just hoping, just hoping to just make do and one day I'll be in heaven. No, we are supposed to dominate this life. Like we're supposed to dominate the devil. He's not supposed to be winning. He's not supposed to have victories in my life. The Bible says that greater is he that's in me than he that is in this world. I'm meant, to, I'm meant to do well. I'm meant to, and I'm not talking about that my, my life is not infatuated with worldly success. I'm not saying that. I'm not infatuated by it, but I, it, there's nothing wrong with me having an expectation for it. I should expect to go to my job, do well with my job, be successful with my job, and for some reason, there's favor there. They may not like anybody else, but I show up on time. I do my job. I get it done. I, you know, I do a little extra here and there. I, I bless the boss. Maybe I bring him a gift every once in a while. The Bible says your gift makes room for you. I, you know, I'm just, I'm a good employee. And all of a sudden, when some guy that's been there for 10 years doesn't get the promotion, but I get it after a year. I, I should have an expectation like that if I follow God's principles and I apply it to my life. That you may live and multiply. See, multiply. Well, brother, brother, I just don't, I think God just wants us to, I, I don't know why people put in their mouth and say out of their mouth all this stuff that God wants to keep you small. The Bible, the Bible says, forsake not the days of small beginnings. Day of small beginnings. Days, it's not like years, lifetime of small beginnings. It's nothing wrong with starting small, but I shouldn't end there. Live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you. In the land which you go to possess, verse 17. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you, which, which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. Everybody say possess the land. 
I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you. Here he says it again. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Choose life. Choose it. You got an option today. Choose life. Don't choose anything else. Choose life. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Man, that's good. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Go back to verse 19 and leave it up there. Therefore, choose life. I'm going to close on this. I'm closing. Ready? Therefore, choose life. You know what John 10.10 says? John 10.10 tells us, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come. But I have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. Jesus came so that we can have life. Jesus came so that we can have life. Therefore, choose life. Choose life. God doesn't have backup plans. We may devise them. We may set ourselves up for them, but we, I don't, I, I do not have, I do not need to have an expectation. It is unbiblical for me to have an expectation of the backup plan. Well, you know, there's also wisdom. You know, I think, I think that God, I, I don't know what that is, but you know, see, the, see the devil come in right there in the sound system. No, I'm just kidding. The devil's not in our sound system. It's technology. Sometimes it doesn't work. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life. Life, life is what God wants for you. Choose life. Choose life. Choose life. That you may live. That you may live. I think when you click back on that slide, it killed the the piano music. You might have to bring it back up. I'm I'm trying to close, and uh, it helps if I have piano music. If y'all don't know this, it helps me close. If there's no piano music, I might preach till 1 o'clock, amen? So if you're wondering why I'm interrupting the whole service to get piano music, it's because I need it. There it is. I hear it somewhere. Is it not coming through? Well, praise God. See technology, man. Oh, that's what popped. It came unplugged. Somehow, that's what popped. Okay, well, praise the Lord. If you're wondering why I know so much about this, I used to be a media director for years. So, you know, some, some pastors are very musical and if the music's wrong, it'll bother them in the service. I'm very media-oriented. And if the lights are wrong or the sound is wrong or whatever, it just kind of bothers me a little bit. So I just have to get it right. So bear with me. Amen? We have a great team, though. Praise the Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish with this. I don't, oh, look at that. See, I told you, as I prophesied, we have a great team. And the team came through. Y'all give them a round of applause back there, troubleshooting. And we're actually down a few people today. We're, we're actually down several people today. Our music director's out and our normal sound man is out. So we're, we're, uh, we are doing, amen, praise God, doing the best. Uh, life. One more time. Say it with me. Say, I choose life. I choose life. Life is what God wants for you. Set your expectation today on life. Set your expectation today. You know what? God wants good for me. He wants me blessed. He wants me to do well. He wants me to prosper. He wants me to succeed. God God loves me. 
Just say that over yourself. Some of you need to hear it. Say it. Point yourself and say, God loves me. He cares about you. He wants you to do well. He cares. Man, he knows the hair on your head. God loves you. And he wants you to succeed. He wants you to live life and multiply. Now, notice what it said, though. Therefore, choose life. Well, well, how often do I have to choose that? You choose it one time and you accept Jesus, and then you walk in it every day. You walk in it. You get up, and you set your expectation on life. 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 I'm going to have life. God's going to bless me today. God's going to keep me safe today. There's going to be favor today. That problem I'm having in my job, it's going to go away. Lord, move them or move me. Move them or move me. Change that problem or change me. Somehow or another, change the situation in Jesus' name. Somehow, someway. God God will do that. God, God can take any situation in your life and turn it around. God is not a man. He's not worried about you may think you're facing the biggest mountain you've ever faced the biggest hurdle ever and God sees it as a little molehill do not make a mountain out of a molehill in Mark 11 it says therefore speak to the mountain be plucked up and be cast in the sea and don't doubt in your heart and those things which you say will happen choose life 